The following Dharma talk was recorded live at the conclusion of the service on October 17th, 2010. This is Rusho Jeffess. We're looking for our online listeners to help us out. If you stream or download an MP3 or podcast, please consider making a donation to support this effort to share the Dharma. We are glad to offer these files for free, and we would be grateful if you would go to our webpage and make a secure donation to the temple via PayPal. So today, uh, for my Dharma talk, uh, I would like to share uh, some ten points with you. Um, So today we have a beautiful, beautiful weather, don't we? I uh, hope uh, after the service, everybody has an opportunity to uh, enjoy it. Uh, Alan and I, uh, Kate, Alan and I are going to play disc golf. I guess you're not. Is yeah, that... I forgot about it until this morning. Oh, okay. Okay, so Donut Alan is not going to be playing with us. Uh, if anybody else would like to join us, uh, we'll be playing over at Kilborn. Is that where we're playing? Kilborn? Okay, great. So, that extra stuff. So, uh, as uh, some of you uh, may know, I began taking a course on pastoral care from Carolina's Medical Center. And we are now in week five out of ten. So, almost uh, halfway done. It's been a very good learning opportunity for me, and today I would like to share a few tips for living a healthier life. So, tip number one is to be better, not perfect. So, uh, last week at the end of our Oishiki service, I spoke about the trajectory of our lives. And I made the comment that rather than looking at each day or each moment as an indicator of how our life is progressing or how our faith is advancing, we should instead look at a longer range of time, say perhaps a year or two or even five or ten. And in fact, when I uh, first began practicing, uh, I was always told, Wait 10 years, wait 10 years. You really see great change in 10 years. Um, And as I said, uh, when you're in your 20s, 10 years seems like a long time. But when you're in your 60s, 10 years is is no time at all. So, uh, So if we use only a short period of time, we may tend to become discouraged because everything wasn't perfect. However, if we use a longer period of time, we may find uh, that we've uh, experienced great changes based on our lives becoming better over that extended length of time. So when we focus on the small stuff, we get really, really picky. And we think, darn, shucks, all the other expletives, some repeatable and some not, uh, about uh, our imperfections or about the things we did not do correctly. But after a year or after five years or ten years, those little bitty instances or incidents are less important on the grand scale of things. So when we take a longer perspective, we tend to focus on being better. I mean, who would think about being perfect for ten years? But we think about being perfect for one minute. So... In being better, not perfect, the idea is that by continually making changes, by continually making progress, we actually improve our lives in a much more significant and profound way than if we focused on trying to achieve perfection. 
Besides, achieving perfection is not possible anyway. So we're bound to suffer. Desiring perfection is an attachment to something that is impossible to achieve. Tip number two is to try something new. When we try something new, whether it relates to Buddhism or some other aspect of our life, we actually create an opportunity to expand our minds, to expand our life experiences, and thereby grow in ways which we have, would not have done so otherwise. For example, as, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I'm playing disc golf today. This is a, an activity that we've been playing now for what, about a year, a little over a year or so? Okay. Um, something I kind of always wanted to do, but never found anybody who was willing to do it with me and <coughs> didn't know enough myself to go play by myself. So, uh, but then Alan uh, expressed an interest, or he'd already played disc golf, and so and he was willing to put up with an old fart playing along with him, and so, uh, so now I'm playing disc golf. So it's been quite an enjoyable experience for me, though I must admit I'm not all that good. It has provided a good opportunity for me to get to know some of the folks here from the temple, like Alan and Danny, uh, a little bit better, and also some exercise. Also, recently, as I mentioned, I'm taking this course at Carolina's Medical Center, uh, and uh, uh, both of these activities have expanded my life in different and meaningful ways. A couple of weeks ago, I was visiting one of the patients in the hospital, and I shared this with, uh, with, with uh, Kate Allen, and uh, I was, I, every day you're given a, a, a several pages of patients to go visit, to make rounds, and talk to them about uh, any of their spiritual needs or spiritual concerns. So I was uh, speaking with this young 27-year-old man, uh, young man, and uh, asked him about his injury. And he explained that he'd uh, 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 received the injury while playing the game, and uh, he didn't think I would know anything about the game. And I said, oh, well, what was it? And he said, well, it's this, it's this thing you do with, with, um, with, with Frisbees, and you play golf. And I said, oh, just golf. And uh, he was surprised. He was surprised that uh, that I knew about it, or that I even played it. So uh, I, I told him that I did know it, and uh, uh, I played uh, frequently with some of the folks from the temple. He was surprised because of that experience. Uh, because of my experience with uh, disc golf, I was able to relate and talk to this young man in ways that I would not have otherwise been able to. And that's uh, always been kind of something for me. I like to, uh, like to try to know about many, many things so that I have things to talk about with other people. Uh, things that they're interested in, I can share uh, some things. Unfortunately, I can't share anything about Magic the Gathering, but, um, but you know, I have played World of Warcraft, so I can talk about that. We've got a couple of WoW fans here, so... So all of our experiences can benefit us in many, many ways. Not only our personal development, but our relationship development with other people. Tip number three. This is my favorite. Tip number three is laugh often. Uh, for me, this is a very natural uh, step, very natural tip. I love to laugh, as some of you know, and I love to joke around. Sometimes I may even joke around too much. I believe it's much easier to be joyful and smile than it is to frown and be unhappy. 
It's also much easier to be around someone who is happy than someone who is not happy. While it's natural and okay to experience sadness and suffering, it should not be a normal, all-the-time phenomenon. After all, the purpose of our Buddhist practice is to learn how to overcome suffering. It's also not a pleasant condition for others to experience if we are that way all the time. At first, it may seem to require extra effort to smile, especially when we don't feel like it. However, the more we smile, the more others around us will also smile, which in turn reinforces our own joy and makes it easier uh, in return for us to smile. So it's sort of like a, a feedback loop. And uh, it feedback either, either direction. So if you're continually unhappy, you'll attract unhappy people because they're the only ones that can stand to be around you. And uh, if you're happy, um, you'll attract happy people because they're the only ones that can stand around be stand to be around you too, but you'll also encourage uh, other people. Tip number four is to exercise daily. I know this is a difficult thing to do sometimes, uh, because I'm sure each of us, uh, on, one, on one hand, we know that we're supposed to get exercise, but on the other, we find it difficult to actually engage in activities that benefit us as exercise. And I emphasize benefit us as exercise, because just being tired from coming home from work is not the same thing as being tired from actually doing some physical activity. Uh, especially uh, if you sit at a computer all day, which is very exhausting. Or even if you stand all day, uh, if you're, a, say, a clerk or cashier, cashier, uh, standing isn't uh, counted as physical exercise either. So when we get home from work, uh, we feel tired, we feel perhaps we've exercised enough, um, or that we're too tired to exercise. Yet the tiredness we feel from work is not the same kind of tiredness we feel if we actually get up and do some exercise. Just taking a walk around the block, or around the house, around the building. Whatever. Not just around your kitchen. Just taking a walk around the block, Taking the time to actually elevate our heart rate and to increase our breathing makes our blood flow faster and replenishes the oxygen level in our blood cells at a greater rate, thereby elevating our heart rate in a way that does not occur merely from doing work. Walking even for a short while allows our mind to clear itself, especially if during this time of year, uh, which is a really nice time of year to get out and walk in, uh, around our neighborhood, we take a look at trees and the leaves on the trees or even the leaves on the lawn that have accumulated on people's lawns or, you know, the Halloween decorations that people have put up. Some of them are quite festive. People are really getting into Halloween. As we walk around, there are many things to examine and many things to take joy in. If you have a dog, it helps. <laughs> you have to walk. Tip number five. Tip number five says to dance as if no one is watching. I think this is an important tip. Imagine, if you will, how you would do things differently if no one were watching what you were doing. Would you feel more relaxed and would you find more joy in what you were doing if you could alleviate the pressure of pleasing someone else? 
All too often we make ourselves more stressed and very uptight because we worry about what others will think of us. It's difficult to be able to enjoy oneself and one's life if we are continually worrying about other people and what they think about us. By removing our concern for other people's judgments of our actions, it frees us up to make mistakes and to learn from them and to enjoy those things that we, engage, we are engaged in. I know I'm certainly probably pretty foolish looking sometimes on the uh, disc golf course, but what the heck. Uh, those people probably won't see me again anyway, and I don't have that much time left to be embarrassed over, so it doesn't matter. Of course, this is difficult to do, but once you let go of the fear of judgment of others or the fear of embarrassing yourself, you can have much greater time and enjoy your activities much more. I'm reminded at this point of the story of two young boys who made mud pies and gave them to the Buddha as gifts when he was passing by. The Buddha accepted these humble gifts with great joy and even predicted that one of the boys would be reborn as King Asoka of India, the great Buddhist king. Now these two boys gave the Buddha's mud pies without thinking about what someone would think of their gift, and children often do this. They innocently do things without fear of judgment, until parents start judging them. <laughs> they give the gift without concern. They, give, they gave a gift from their heart. How many of us would so joyfully or so freely give a gift to the Buddha that we did not fret over, or that we did not try to process in many, many ways, judging whether or not our gift would be worthy? I think that many of us would process the gift in our mind in many ways, trying to determine what the Buddha would think of our gift, or how the Buddha would judge our gift, rather than focusing on giving with great joy. It's one of the nice things about anonymous giving is that you can just, you can give. Although, you know, there are other reasons not to be anonymous. But, but when we think about, uh, you know, when you think about giving a birthday present, it's like, oh gosh, what are they going to think about? And so, you know, people opt out, or it's Christmas. It's like, oh, they probably won't like it, or what if they don't like it? And so people give gift cards now. It's kind of a, it sort of takes the, the whole purpose of just giving joyfully. Tip number six is to get a good night's sleep. I know that sometimes this can be difficult to do. For example, as I've gotten older, it's become increasingly difficult to sleep the entire night. And I fondly remember the times when I could sleep for hours and hours at a time. But as a person gets older, uh, they also require uh, less sleep. Getting enough sleep, regardless of how your body actually manages it, is important. It is not just resting our bodies that occurs when we sleep, but also a resting of our brain, as it allows us time to assimilate all of the day's stimulus and an opportunity to process all of the daily experiences, as well as to refresh ourselves. Tip number seven is to build self-discipline. Every day, when we remember to do our daily prayers, we are in fact building our self-discipline. How many of us find it very easy sometimes to skip a service, thinking that there will be little harm in doing so? And perhaps there will be very little immediate discernible harm that occurs by not doing our daily service. 
But the greater harm comes as a result of not building our self-discipline. It is the accumulation of this daily activity, or any particular uh, repetitive activity. Like disc golf, I don't play it every day, so I'm not that good. Alan, on the other hand, studies it night and day. The internet, the YouTube, and stuff like that. No, just kidding. <laughs> so, it is the accumulation of daily activity and adhering to a discipline <clears throat> that we set for ourselves that can ensure continued growth. Think of it in terms of a musician or an athlete. Every day they must practice in order to ensure their continued development and to ensure that they stay in the best of condition. It is the self-discipline they have developed that is a large factor in their success or in the success of any undertaking. I know when I was uh, much younger and just was beginning my Buddhist practice, um, you know, I was told to uh, read, uh, to study Buddhism 20 minutes every day. And for, uh, I've, I've tried to uh, continue to do that, uh, just 20 minutes you think about it, 20 minutes is not a very, very long period of time. I mean, it's, we waste 20 minutes lots of times during the day. But 20 minutes accumulated over a year is over 100 hours of study. How many of us would sit down and accumulate 100 hours of study otherwise? 100 hours of study is a, it's a pretty significant amount of study. Not to mention the, uh, the, the, the knowledge that you can accumulate, although the knowledge uh, accumulation is not really the most important thing. The most important thing is the, um, the, uh, the discipline to, to do that particular thing on a regular and continued basis. Tip number eight is to wish upon a falling star. While this may seem fanciful and childish, it is actually very important. When we have a wish or we have a dream, we have a goal and something to reach for. This dream or wish allows us to further expand our lives, to increase our capabilities and also to become happy. If we had no dream or if we had no goal, then we would be content to live each day exactly as the day before. To have a dream expands our lives. Tip number nine is to remember that being is better than having. This should be especially uh, evident for us as Buddhists. Every day in prayer, we remind ourselves to be mindful and to be content. And this may seem contradictory to the previous tip where we are wishing uh, uh, for things or having dreams, but in fact they are very similar. When we have dreams that are based upon improving our life or improving ourselves in some way, or helping others, we can actually fulfill both tip number eight and tip number nine at the same time. Being a human being alive in each moment is better than possessing something that will in time deteriorate or change or vanish from our lives. Finally, tip number ten says to not take it personally. All too often, when someone says <coughs> something about us or when someone criticizes us, we take it personally. We should remember that someone else's opinion of us is their possession, not our own. We are under no obligation to accept their opinion or judgment of us. Now, of course, it's important 
to be always aware of a constructive suggestion on how we may improve our life or uh, when others give them to us, but it is entirely up to us and not up to them. What matters most is your personal development. What matters most is your joy in your life. It is not something that someone else can decide for you. By the same token, we should not take it personally when someone praises us either. We must maintain balance in both regards. Remember, while some people may have our best interest at heart, many people really have their own interests at heart. It is important to always be aware of the difference. If I criticize someone, oftentimes I have experienced that it is a criticism based on what I want, on how I want them to behave or to be or to perform, on what makes me happy. And a lot of times that's what people's criticisms are. It's on what they want to have happen for their own happiness. So we should also be careful when we criticize other people. We should think carefully about our criticism of other people. Whether we're really making a constructive suggestion and whether or not we're really happy, we will be happy if they choose not to accept that suggestion. While we may make suggestions for people of how, how they improve their lives, it is always cautionary to do so. So, when someone makes a suggestion to you or criticizes you in some way, please try to process it in a healthy and in a balanced way. I hope you find these, <laughs> hope you find these 10 tips helpful in some small way. I know that you may forget some of them, and that's all right. Even if you only remember one and work on it, you will, I am sure, be developing yourself in a more positive and beneficial way. Remember, it's the small steps accumulated over a long distance that matter most, rather than taking a few large steps and then becoming tired and abandoning your journey. Let us close by chanting Odaimoku three times. Namu myo denge kyo. Namu myo denge kyo. Namu myo denge kyo.